Part 1. The New Political Landscape. Chapter 1. How politics, politics changed. What does a political revolution look like these days? The Arab Spring, the Chinese growth wonder, the rise of tentative de social democracy across Latin America, the food price riots across the world, the Occupy movement, the struggling Burmese restoration of democracy, the Kurdish rebirth, the Orange Revolution of Ukraine, the global cli climate movement, the rise of Greek Circe, ah, the genuine left back on track. At each scene, the world media and political scientists flock as either eager onlookers and semi-deliberate co-creators of the events. This, this is where it happens, the historical mo mo moment where it all changes, or so we think. But somehow, the news always seems to fade and the promised revolutions never materialize beyond their initial frameworks, fireworks. Intellectuals are groping for visions and goals, but they cannot seem to find them. They can't find visions because they don't know where to look and what analytical instruments to use when trying. They look with the telescope, but have not yet invented the microscope. Of course, we have some rapid changes of economic circumstances, food supplies, communications and technology. None of this, sh this should be neglected. And there are some toppled regimes in and rude street brawls there and there. But how satisfying are the changes in, say, Egypt, where the new NATO-supported dictatorship still captures, tortures and kills descendants. Albeit, nowadays often members of the Muslim Brotherhood. If we speak of authentic revolutions in the terms of Karl Marx, meaning rapid developmental changes in the social relations and the logic by which society functions and is governed, none of the mentioned examples seem to satisfy. The abolishment of apartheid and the fall of the Berlin Wall reaffirmed the dominant world system. Liberal capitalism with representative democracy and a strong undercurrent of accelerating economic and cultural globalization and is its discontents. But the revolution is here. It is happening right now with a greater force and inefficiency and efficiency than the French Revolution and the American War of Independence, albeit with less drama, and just as irrevocably. It is occurring much more in line with Marxist ideas, where the world system is most culturally and economically developed, and development has gone the farthest by quite a margin in some rather quiet corners of the world. The Goldilocks conditions for revolution are to be found at just the right distance from financial and industrial world centers in a place where everything functions and runs smoothly in Scandinavia. In the Nordic countries, we are beginning to see clear patterns of metamodern politics at play. Somewhat vaguer tendencies can be observed in, in a few other countries, most notably the Netherlands, Switzerland and New Zealand. And interesting trends can be spotted here and there in other develop developed parts of the world. But 
within the larger central economics, including the newly emerging Asian metropolises, we are still far away from the landscape of metamodern politics. The metamodern political revolution goes under the radar of global media and academia, because it happens so inconspicuously, so gradually. And moreover, the Scandinavians themselves lack any conception of the profound global changing that are beginning to take place in their own backyards. Changes in many ways affected by their own doings. Whereas small minorities within these countries have hunches or a general sense of direction, there is, at the time of writing, nowhere in the world a movement pro properly informed by an explicit and clear metamodern ideology. But metamodernism's fingerprint is unmistakably there. Key players within key movements will have to will have a formal theory of their playing field once they have read and understood this book and its sequel, Nordic Ideology. So, revolution in Scandinavia? There are no bloody birth banks, no rolling heads or riots, or worth mentioning, certainly no coups. In the Nordic countries, you found you will find at the most some burning cars in the banlieues, some racist, racist violence here and there, and the occasional ritual clash between the far left and the police. But nothing resembling, resembling a revolution, not even close. Where exactly is this new revolution? Oh, but you have it all backwards again. The Nordic countries are extremely ordered societies even today under the pressures of globalization and immigration. It is within the framework of this extreme level of order and the far progression of dynamics inherent to modern society that the revolution occurs. Deep changes of the social, economic, political and behavioral structures are happening at an accelerating pace. Because this is the only place in the world that runs smoothly smoothly enough to allow it. From deep within the struts and beams of society you can hear it. Crack, snap, click. We just passed a critical threshold. Our hypothetically held gods pause for a moment. The most progressive countries in the world. Political pro progressivity is a rather strange notion. The idea presupposes that there can be a certain form of historical progression, a goal or at least direction towards with which humanity and can and should evolve. It presupposes furthermore that there is a background space with preset measures and markings in it, denoting both directionality and distance of social development. Some different possible meanings of progressive should thereby be mentioned before we go on. When people use the word in different contexts, progressivity can mean that one favors values that have appeared recently over values that have existed a longer time, that one is invested in the ideas and political opinions that happen to become ratified by people in the future, thereby the future shows that you were right that one is eager to see change in society 
and thereby is willing to take risks and experiment with new social forms. That one is simply left-wing and the more left-wing, the more progressive. That one is simply good instead of bad, conservative or evil, regressive, reactionary. None of these meanings quite capture the idea of the Nordic countries being progressive. We are not really speaking of progression through historical time and certainly not a determined progression. So what do we mean? Let's take a few examples. In Sweden, all parties discuss sustainability issues more than, than almost anywhere in the world. This country also accepts more refugees than other European countries, at least until it reached an administrative limit in 2015. Shows lower level of explicit xenophobia in the surveys, gives more money to foreign aid development, is more digitalized, has lower crime rates and corruption, lower income equality, at least until recently, higher standards of living, higher levels of reported happiness and greater gender equality. Sweden has the only significant feminist party in the world and an explicitly, explicitly feminist foreign policy. The country generally supports free trade and manages to have relatively little red tape on enterprise despite it high, its high taxes and strong labor rights. People live longer, at better health, with better teeth, with greater trust of, for other people and the authorities. People are more secularized than in almost any other country. Kids who grow up uh, there nowadays often start working seriously only around 30 after having traveled the world, studied, paid for by the government, played computer games and gone to music festivals. Gender equality is much better, with liberal permissive, permissive expressions of sexuality as a result. When the girls select guys, they go less after the hyper-masculine and social-economically dominant ones than is the case in other countries. Sweden is by no means, and never has been, the socialist semi-utopia it was sometimes portrayed portrayed as. There's unemployment, social tensions of all sorts and plenty of human and animal misery. Issues of racism, exclusion and poverty are at every corner. Police, nurses and teachers feel undervalued and protest at, war at waning real wages, sometimes to the point of leaving their jobs. But overall, the country has some qualities that make a good example for understanding what, what general cultural progression might look like. Sweden is a tiny part of the economic system of some, of some 7 billion people that today spans the globe, constituting circa 1 700th of the world's population. It has a favorable position within that system where it has been able to combine relative wealth 
and relative equality and stability for, for a considerable period of time. There's nothing within the Swedish soul, nothing inherent to their Swedish model, Folkhemmet, the people's home, a welfare system which uh, in fact resembles other European countries much more than people generally realize. Or about the country's na natural resources that explains this progression. When Mary Wollstonecraft, the English mother of the uh, first wave feminism, traveled Sweden in 1796, she wrote in her famous letters written in Sweden, Norway and Denmark about appallingly low status of women in these societies, how barbaric it all seemed. Until the e early 1700s, the Swedes were arguably, arguably the most bloodthirsty, warm-mongering people in Europe. Only in 1865 did the country transition from an estate system with nobility, church, bourgeois and peasantry to a bicameral parliamentary system, which has since been replaced by a single chamber. Sweden has had rel relatively few industries and a poor population with major migrations to America in the 19th century, century and the widespread poverty well into the early 20th century. The comparatively small bourgeois class could not gain the same political influence as in France and Germany, and worker parties established social democracy, an alliance between poor, relatively conservative workers and progressive intellectuals supported by the peasant party in exchange for representing their econ economic interests the intellectuals imposed their more cosmopolitan values upon the workers by use of the institution of the industrial nation state schooling mass media and bureaucracy this system was supplemented with a few popular movements swedish Folklore Elsa, where wide participation was mustered. Pentecostal religion, labor movement, anti alcohol, and, and later anti nuclear energy. The accounts of these popular movements tend to be rather romanticized, but they did play a part in popularizing modern and progressive values. As the country did not partake in the world wars, its relative economic position was strengthened and it could, could support an impressive growth during the golden age of the decades after the Second World War. The only thing special about Sweden is that it has a relatively stable development in relatively favorable part of the world economic system of trade, growth and exploration, exploitation, while being at relatively short geographic, cultural and linguistic distance from cent the center. That's it. Most often, in most parts of the world, 
society tends to be much more tumultuous, especially during periods of rapid change and technological expansion, but for a host of different reasons. This particular part of the world, not only Sweden, but also the rest of Scandinavia, managed to develop a full-blown post-industrial economy, with more or less the whole of the population on board, under relatively stable circumstances. This caused the cultural values of the population to change during the last part of the 20th century, and the political landscape shifted accordingly, subtly but radically. You are perhaps familiar with the Inglehart Wetzel cultural map of the world, see figure. It is based on the world's by far most encompassing sociological investigation, asking, asking people in most countries of the world a host of survey questions. A total of, thou- of a thousand variables, although far from all participants are asked all of the questions, over the, de- the decades it has accumulated millions of entries, studying cultural differences and trends over time. In the scientific literature, there is almost a whole genre of papers directed towards criticizing different aspects of this of its methodology. But even uh, if criticism can be raised against the different aspects of the world values survey, one of its main results seems rather solid. The overall picture of the cultural map of the world. As you can see in the figure, Protestant Europe, especially in the Nordic countries, holds the upper right corner of the two-dimensional cultural map of the world. This means that people here, on average, lean much more towards uh, rational secular values versus traditional values and self-expression values versus survival values than anywhere in the world. This is where people believe in abortion and gay rights rather than God's reign and where they are more likely to go to India to find themselves on a spiritual journey rather than finish their degree on time. It can be no coincidence that the most stable parts of the world, the parts that have uh, had a wealthy and equitable economy for a long time, also have the most modern view, world view, among their populations. In fact, the Nordic countries have sped up in this direction during the last two decades. In the same period as they have become countries of immigration, accepting large numbers of people from more traditional societies. In a way, the figures thereby conceal a yet stronger and clearer trend. The values of late modernity are winning over traditional values at an astounding pace. Even immigrants in Sweden tend to be more modern than, for example, the average resident of Poland. If you zoom out to a couple of hundred years ago and look globally, the trend becomes clear. The Swedes and Danes would have been conservative peasants back then, comparable perhaps with today Afghans. 
even if the values of countries do jerk back and forth over time, the overall progression is clear. We are headed towards a world with more cosmopolitan values. Values which, according to Inglehart and Wetzel's own analysis, work better in modern society. Think about it. The most secular people in, say, Pakistan are the richest and the most educated ones. And these are the ranks that most other Pakistanis aspire to join. A wealthy Pakistanis, the wealthy Pakistanis in turn, like to go to the US and adopt large parts of the American lifestyle and values. In the US, the liberal press has the constant upper hand and the conservative on the conservative press, with TV hosts ridiculing the rural conservative population. And the people with the highest status are liberal uh, and the people with the highest status are liberal New Yorkers rather than hillbillies and Christian fundamentalists. And among the liberal US population, Sweden and other Nordic countries have a very strong lure being viewed as pure and fresh or just progressive. If you are a liberal lawyer in Boston, you tend to love watching Danish TV series Borgen, with a divorced woman and mother of two, is the Prime Minister of Denmark, dealing with a fictional Green Party to outmaneuver the crew conservative populists. And you are likely to listen to Nordic pop artists such as Robin, Elephant, Meu, Roy Xop or Björk. Because these subtly, subtly embody more progressive values in their artwork. And the countries keep winning the Eurovision Song Contest. So the rapidly globalizing economic, economic world system has produced some pockets with where the values and the worldviews are, uh, are a more global, digitalized civilization seem to have taken stronger hold and they just happen to be in the Nordic countries. And these pockets have a high symbolic value in the status chain of world cultures, which is evident in the growing cultural exports of these countries and the strong Nordic brand in proportion to the small size of the region. None of this should be controversial. Some parts of the world seem to develop values ahead of others and thereby acquire progressive values, which in turn grant different advantages on the global market. After all, why should we expect all 7 billion of us to alter our values in perfect unison with another, one another? And why should we expect all value systems to be of equal status on the global scene of cultural prestige? I am not saying that the rest of the world is destined to become like the Nordic countries. Technology and culture are evolving much too quickly for such silly recaps to occur. There will never be another 1960 or another 1990. Each historical moment is unique. Neither am I saying, of course, that the world is becoming irrevocably westernized and secularized. There is certainly more going on under the sun than that.
but significant, significant sociological development have undeniably taken place here during the last century. Changes that can help us understand future developments in other countries. We are likely to see new and unexpected forms of societies emerge, for better or worse. In this, it is in regard that the northern countries offer an interesting case. If we truly want to understand the development of the global economy and the em uh, emergence of its political, cultural and socio-psychological landscapes, we should not confine our, our analytical gaze to the aftermath of the Arab Spring or the struggling Kurdish state. In this coherent world system, we should look for locations where people have the preconditions to write new values on the tablet, on new tablets. Societal progression is when lasting conditions of stability and abundance allow for changes in the games of everyday life to occur. In the workplace, in dating, in friends, groups, at home, you stop beating the kids for one thing. In neighborhoods, at school, in the political arena, in the market, at the labor market. The games of everyday life become milder, more sensitive, fair and forgiving as a result. In this perspective, it becomes apparent that the Nordic countries are by far the most progressive societies that the world has, has ever seen. It is here that we are mo most likely to find values and worldviews that best correspond in functional terms to a complex, digitalized, global, transnational, post-industrial society. Now don't get cocky and patriotic on me, you stupid Swedes. It's not about you being better than anyone else. <laughs>